You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hi, everyone. You're listening to episode 107 of the Blended Family Podcast. As some of you know, if you're in the Facebook group, I had yet again another crazy week. Of course, many of you are not in the group. If you want in there, just go to blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group. Anyway, what a nightmare this week. About two to three weeks ago, my husband, Sean, had started to develop some weird symptoms that were alarming to me. He was getting severe insomnia, heart palpitations, shortness of breath, and fatigue. So naturally, I thought he was having some heart issues. I took him in last week to the doctor who ordered some blood work and other tests and we got the blood work done. And later that day, we were out at Universal Studios about to watch the parade and his doctor calls and pretty much scares us to death. She was like, where are you? Do you feel like you're going to pass out? You need to get to the nearest ER. So she then told us that his hemoglobin levels were less than half of what he should have in his body. And Sean was really confused because he didn't feel that bad, but we left. We did drive home though, instead of going to an Orlando ER, I wanted to be close to home. Anyway, we went in and he was showing chronic blood loss. And it was at that time he finally admitted to me that he had been bleeding for almost a year from a certain place. And I guess he didn't think that was important enough to tell me. So they admitted him. And of course the major concern was colon cancer. And he got two blood transfusions and some other tests. And we were there for two days in the ICU. And it was just an exhausting ordeal. But the good news is his heart turned out to be fine. All of the symptoms he was experiencing were from extreme anemia and low hemoglobin and no cancer. A simple surgery will fix the issue. But we are able to wait until after the holiday to do it. So let me talk to my male listeners for a minute because it is usually men who neglect their health. Don't ignore what your body is trying to tell you. This is why us women live longer, because we're in touch with our bodies. We take care of things right away. If something is going on, get it checked out. Tell your wife, go to the doctor. If I didn't take Sean in and open up my mouth, and he was not happy with me when I did, but he never would have said anything. And honestly, he would have likely ended up dead. And he went through a huge ordeal that could have been handled as an outpatient in a very simple visit. So that was my week. And when you spend a couple of days in the hospital, you just feel a little out of sorts. So I am now trying to get caught up with life. Thank you to those who have chimed in on the Facebook group that were in there that saw what was going on. We really appreciated your well wishes. And also thank you to those who have sent me your family Christmas cards. I am making a collage for my office with all of your beautiful families. And it is not too late to send me those. In fact, whenever you might be listening to this podcast, it doesn't even matter if they're Christmas cards. Any family photo will do at any time. I just want to see all of you there by my desk. After all, you're the reason I'm doing this podcast. My address is in the show notes. So how are you all? I know many of you are getting ready for the holidays, and this can be a really stressful time of year, especially for us blended families. Just the time sharing alone can be enough to make us want to rip out our hair, not to mention 
figuring out childcare and gift giving. So today I want to talk about some fun things you can do over the Christmas break to enjoy time with your family instead of stressing. After that, I'm bringing you a family interview as well. After this show, I am taking a two-week break to try and enjoy my family and the holiday, which I desperately need after this last week. So hopefully I'll be doing some of these activities I'm going to talk about with my own family. And please know that even though I'm not putting out a show for those two weeks, I will still be available if you need me through email or on Facebook. So let's get started. Depending on your arrangements, you may have children the entire school break or half of it. It can be refreshing to have them home from school, especially in the colder climates. No rushing around in the morning and no homework. At the same time, it can be stressful if you have to figure out childcare and also trying to figure out how to keep them busy and how to keep them from fighting. And it really doesn't matter what ages they are, you're always going to have to battle the boredom. Sometimes I have a hard time with that because I remember being a kid and loving the holiday break. I didn't care if I sat around the house every day. But nowadays, life is different and kids want to be constantly entertained. And they don't really understand that we have to work. Unless you're a school teacher, you don't get the holiday break that they do. I have to work. I may not be putting out podcasts, but I am still working my full-time job. So what can we do to battle the boredom? There are lots of things. And I will say to those of you with little ones, enjoy every moment. It is crazy how quickly they grow up and then they don't want to do anything but sit on their phones. Now, all of these ideas are free or very inexpensive. And these are my top five favorite things to do over the holiday break. Number one, one of my favorite things that I always used to do with the kids is to bake. The holiday season is a perfect time to get in the kitchen and bake together, and it doesn't matter what ages the kids are. Younger kids can help mix and decorate cookies. Older kids can handle more responsibilities. And then the best part is getting to taste them all when you're done. And since the kids these days are so tech savvy, you can have them search for recipes online and choose the ones they want to bake. And you can even have them write the ingredients to take the list to the store. And the other benefit of this is you can use it as a teaching moment as well, learning not only to bake, but also how to use math to measure. Number two, watch holiday movies. I remember when I was a kid, my brother and I used to watch A Christmas Story over and over and over again. There are so many movies out there. To celebrate the season, our family favorite now is Elf. I really think everyone loves that one. Some others are Home Alone, Miracle on 31st Street, Santa Claus, Charlie Brown, Christmas, The Grinch, Christmas Vacation, Polar Express, and of course, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Number three, look at Christmas lights. Doesn't matter whether you celebrate Christmas or not. It can be really fun to load the kids in the car with some hot cocoa and drive around looking at all the homes that are beautifully decorated for the holiday. Little things like that are really exciting for the kids. Number four, ice skating or sledding can be so much fun if you are in a climate for that. Even if you're not, there are some places that have indoor skating rinks, and it can be fun to bundle up and get some exercise outside. And number five, set up a crafting table for homemade gifts. Kids love giving gifts, but they don't have the money to buy them. There are loads of ideas online for homemade holiday gifts, and kids get such pride when they give a gift that they've made themselves. I know as a parent, those are my favorite gifts to receive. 
So I want to hear from you. What are your favorite things to do? Comment on the show notes or let us know in the Facebook group. Let's beat the boredom this break so we can all enjoy our family a little bit more. I know that it can be stressful with them home, especially when they're fighting or complaining. Keep them as busy as possible. And don't forget to sneak in those extra kisses and cuddles. There's something magical about the holidays. I also know as adults, it can be a very depressing season for some. Money can be tight. Sometimes families don't get along. So if you're feeling sad, please reach out to someone. If you are without your children this holiday, remember, it is only a day on the calendar. I can't tell you how many holidays we decided to celebrate on a different day because it just worked with our schedule. And you can do that too. No one says you have to celebrate the day of. The main thing is to celebrate together on the day that might work best for you all. Since it is Christmas time, I'm giving away a gift to a lucky listener. I'm sending you the game, Beat the Parents, and hopefully it is something you can play together as a family during the break. And the winner for this month's giveaway is Juan and Lori Prieto. As you all know, I always choose a winner from my list for these random giveaways. If you want to join my list so that you're automatically entered to win, just go to blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash subscribe. I'm about to move on to the family interview, but before I do, I want to wish you all a very happy holiday season. I hope you savor every moment, and I will hopefully be doing the same. Sean and I both have a birthday coming up in January. His is the third and mine is the fourth, and I will be celebrating my 40th. If you want to give me a present, I would love an iTunes review. Your ratings and reviews help me so much to get noticed by others, so please consider doing that for me. I would greatly appreciate it. And don't forget, I am offering coaching sessions now. You might be feeling overwhelmed this season, and if so, I'd love to help. You can find the coaching link right there on my website. The next show will be January 9th. Make sure you subscribe so you get the show as soon as it comes out. I'm sorry the show is a little short today, but it's just been a tough week for me. I love you all so very much, and I will look forward to catching up again after the new year. Enjoy this family interview. So this is the part of the show where we get to know one of our listeners and learn more about their blended family. Today, I am speaking with Leslie Riggs from Virginia. Their blended family has been together for five years and includes her nine-year-old stepson and their three-month-old daughter that they had together. Leslie, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Of course. So uh, let's start by you just telling us your story. How did you meet your partner? Uh, well, we actually met in high school and dated for a couple months, and then as high school relationships do, we <laughs> broke up and uh, kind of kept in touch over the years, and then uh, probably about five years ago, he found me on Facebook, and um, we started talking, and then I decided to move back home from where I was living and, and try it again with him, and here we are. Wow, you hardly ever hear about those fairy tale stories where you get back together with the high school sweetheart. That's pretty cool. And then, so he had already had his son with somebody else, and you had had no children yet. And Correct. so, how long were you together before you decided to go ahead and start trying again? 
so we were together four years before we got married, and then we knew we wanted to start uh, trying for a kid right away, but just because you know we were getting older, and um, there was such an age gap. So, wow. And so, uh, how did the stepson take to all of that? Oh, he loved. It. I mean, he's wanted a sibling um, forever. Although he wanted a brother, so when he found out <laughs> it was a girl, he said he was going to put it back. And I said, no. <laughs> oh no. Does that mean you guys are going to have another? Oh no, 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 no. We're, no, I think two is good for us. But, and, and he, you know, to be honest, he's, he's very happy. You know, he loves his sister and, and I, I don't think a nine-year-old thinks about that with that, such an age gap, no matter what gender that there would be not a whole lot in common. Yeah. Even if it was a boy, that's, that's absolutely correct. So Leslie, tell me what is your biggest struggle and what is your greatest joy? So I want to know in your opinion, what is the best part and the worst part of having a blended family? Well, for me, the best part was kind of getting to know my husband as a father before, you know, we, we got married and, and also for me not having kids, I've always wanted them. And it was really fun getting to experience things through, you know, a child's eyes. So that was just, uh, that was a lot of fun and kind of slowly easing into it as opposed to, I think, you know, a lot of couples get married and then they have kids and they haven't really discussed their values Mm -hmm. and how they want to raise them beforehand. I got to kind of have a, a look into that before before we started to have our own kids. Um, my biggest struggle is um, is probably one I haven't heard on your podcast yet. Um, it's dealing with the relationship with the grandparents. Ah, you know what? I did do a show on that, but it was a long time ago, <clears throat> and definitely something that I would probably want to revisit. So, what's going on there? Um, it's, you know, part of it is probably my own, uh, my own issues. Uh, but you know, they've been in his life since the beginning and I haven't. And so sometimes there's a silent battle going on between us on when we're all together about who has more authority. Mm. And, you know, I sort of feel like, yes, they've been in his life his entire life, but I'm there on the day-to-day basis. So it's, you know, who, who really gets more say in what goes on in his life? Yeah. And that's actually really, really normal for you to be dealing with. Um, I think that a lot of people struggle in that department and sometimes grandparents who maybe were very actively involved before, you know, you came around. Now they still want to play that active role. They don't realize that they need to kind of step back just a bit. So um, I'll have to get you that episode number of the, the show that I did on that. That was a long time ago, though. But Good idea. Maybe I'll I'll do that again. Um, oh no, I definitely remember that episode. You do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I know that. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. So, um, and if can I ask you, uh, what does your husband say about all that? Does he have an opinion? Yeah. I mean, we you know we sit and spend a lot of time talking about how we want to raise our kids, and and that includes the stepson, and um, you know he's all on board. I think the problem is is that he, like most men don't like confrontation. Yeah. And, um, you know, while he agrees, oh yeah, I'm going to talk to my mom about that. Then, you know, kind of never happens until the next episode happens. And then, you know, we discuss it again and, you know, then, oh yeah, I'm going to talk to my mom about that. So it's hard to, uh, I know that's a hard conversation for anybody to have with their own parents. Yeah. I've actually worked with a few people, you know, privately on emails about the very thing that you are talking about. Um, and it does start with communication and a lot of it. And it's definitely hard with parents because they are so set in their ways and they have their own opinions. And, 
it's very difficult, you know, for an adult to confront their parent about some of these issues. So um, I definitely know where you're coming from. Um, we can move on, though. We'll, we'll talk about that maybe later. Uh, what are some lessons do you think you've learned along the way? Uh, well, there was kind of two that kind of go hand in hand. It was um, to communication is a huge factor in a blended family. And, and, and within that, I also learned to not assume. And, and by that, I mean, I think before I was really having communication with my stepson's mom, I was assuming a lot of her thoughts or feelings and it wasn't until we started communicating together that I realized we were actually on the same page and she was having the same thoughts and feelings that I was. It was just that there was a breakdown of communication because the feelings were going through a third party. That is a wonderful, wonderful point that you brought up that um, I think you're one of the first family interviews that actually said that. And that is so true. I was just working with somebody the other day about that very thing and you know, we do, we make assumptions thinking what the ex-partner thinks about us or what they think about raising the kids or what they think about our spouse. And really a lot of times it's, it's nothing like what is going on in our minds. So that's, that's a wonderful, wonderful point. Um, so let's say, what is something that you know now that you wish you knew back then? Um, this was kind of a hard thing for me because I really feel like I went into this uh, not not with really any expectations. Um, so I don't know if there's anything that I wish I knew, you know, then because I kind of feel like some things you just have to learn as time goes on. So if if I go back to when I first started dating my husband, that was not an appropriate time for me to to know some of the things that were going on, say, with his ex-wife or even in amongst their family. I mean, I really think we did a good job of easing into it and just taking our time and really learning each other and learning how things go before, uh, you know, like, Hey, I want to be involved right now. Right. So I, I really just don't, I don't really have any regrets on how I, uh, how I did anything. I just, I really kept an open mind of, it was a slow relationship between me and his son. It was a slow relationship between me and his ex-wife. And it was even a slow re- relationship between me and him just, you know, really getting to know each other and, and starting out small and not, not having big expectations. Good, good. And if there was one thing you could change about your blended family, what would it be and why? Um, I think it would, would have been, well, it would be now that I, I wish that, well, I wish our kids were closer in age. (laughs) That, Mm -hmm. That would have been nice. Um, but that doesn't always happen, you know, the way you want it to. And, um, I guess I, I I wish I would have I wish I would have stood up a little bit sooner on the communication. Yeah. Yeah. So um did you find that the communication was difficult? Or is it no. still difficult or was it, it let me know. Uh no, I mean what I think I, I wrote to you this, this this story before, but I'll I'll say it again for those who haven't heard it, but about a year ago, uh, when I realized kind of where the breakdown of communication was happening, and it, and it was my husband, and you know nothing bad about him, but just he's just not a good communicator. He's kind of just go with the flow, and as things arise, he deals with them. Versus both me and his ex-wife are planners, and mm-hmm. so um, I invited her to dinner, and uh, we sat down and talked, and I kind of went with an open mind of, hey, this is where I think the breakdown is you know, what do you think? And then I came to the table with multiple ideas on how to deal with it. And it was like a, you know, sharing a calendar or there was apps 
Um, and then, you know, my, what I really wanted was for just us to communicate directly. And she ended up being very open to that. And she was feeling the same things I was about, you know, she was experiencing the same frustrations with her ex that I was yeah. feeling with my husband. So, um, now what we do is we, um, you know, we have three-way texts. It's always the three of us. And if she ever chooses, then, you know, her, her significant other as well can always be on that. But we just kind of, that way everybody's in the loop, but the two main people who kind of organize everything where we know what's going on. That is a wonderful, wonderful idea. And I hope that people that are listening, uh, might want to implement that in because it's very true. And the big problem with communication is, you know, just generally, uh, things getting misconstrued or lost in translation and texting is always great, but including all of you in on that is really, really good. Um, because sometimes if somebody drops the ball, then at least there's other people that are, that are watching and responsible. So that's, that's a great tip, Leslie. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So what do you do to keep a positive attitude and a sense of peace? Well, I, I try and take some time to myself. I mean, it's not happening as much since we have a three month old in the house, but, um, but definitely before when it was just the three of us, then I tried to make sure that when I was getting frustrated, um, cause I think in the beginning when you were, and this is another aspect, I, I don't know if has been touched on that much, but when you're a person coming into a relationship without your own children, then it's, it's really difficult to adjust to having a child in your life. Mm -hmm. And I would find myself getting frustrated by the end of the week, you know, after spending so much time with him, it's nothing, he's a great kid, but you know, it's just, I wasn't used to it. And it was a big adjustment for me. And so it was really important for me to kind of get out there and, and just like take, take some time on my own to do something that I wanted to do. Yeah. And so what, what kind of things do you like to do? Um, I mean, it could be anything of like just going out and going to a movie. It could be just going upstairs and reading a book, you know, just, just something to kind of get away and collect my own thoughts and spend my own time, you know, kind of on my own since that's what I was used to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point. And I know that we, we actually have a lot of new members in the group that there was just recently a thread where they were talking about exactly what you're saying, where, you know, they didn't have children and then they came into a situation, you know, and I actually don't know what's that like, that that's like, because I had children and Sean had children. And so I already knew what it was like to be a parent. Um, and so I cannot personally relate to that, but I know that it's a whole different ball game when you're in a situation where you have not been a parent and then you're suddenly here you are a parent to a child that's already somewhat grown you know depending on mm -hmm. the age that you come into it so um yeah I know that that's that's different and so it's important that you do take that time for yourself and I'm glad that you did that have you found any helpful resources that you'd like to share such as books websites other podcasts anything like that um, well, another, I mean, I, I do go to our, obviously the website for, for this podcast a lot. And then uh, the other place I go is on Reddit. There's a, a step parent group. Uh, I think it's called r slash step parents. And it's sort of like the same. It's a forum where people can post questions and you can either, you know, read them and answer them or you can post your own. And, and what I like about that is I, I felt like when I was reading the books or even articles that none of them really applied to my own situation mm -hmm. and, I really like the forums just because they they may not always pertain to me, but usually I can find somebody else who's experiencing the same thing. I can post my own and have people, you know, gravitate towards me. So that's that's what I, I kinda like. 
Well, yeah, you want to find somebody relatable. You want to know that people are going through what you're going through and how are they dealing with it. Um, and you can't always get that out of a book. And that's why I love the forums too. And that's why I created the Facebook group for the same reason, because I want you all to know that you're not alone. We are not alone. There's a lot of us out there um, and, and it's becoming, you know, more mainstream. So that's kind of good too. Um, so, and the last question, Leslie, is what advice can you offer to other blended families? Something maybe that you know you're doing right or something that you found helpful for your family? I, I mean, I'm going to reiterate, it's the communication. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, even once we started communicating, we were still coming across, um, you know, issues where we found we weren't communicating well enough. And we had to, you know, oh, okay, we need to communicate better in this this category. And so, you know, it's a work in progress. It does it. It's not going to be perfect. And you just got to keep going at it. Yes, that is great advice. And I am huge on communication and it really never stops, does it? It's just a constant, constant work to, to get everybody on the same page. So that's wonderful. And I'm really glad that you've got a good thing going with the ex-wife. That's, that's really encouraging to a lot of my listeners who don't. So thank you for that. And Leslie, thank you so much for coming on the show to share your story. It really is always helpful to the rest of our listeners. Thank you. And if any of you want to connect with Leslie, you can find her in the Facebook group that I was talking about at blendedfamilypodcast.com forward slash group. Thank you so much. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.